More than ever, we are in need to share the gospel. And Church at the Mill can't wait to do that with you in this podcast series, where we talk about who we are as a church and what we value. Join us for this spiritual and financial journey more than ever. Hello, welcome to the More Than Ever podcast. If this is your first opportunity to hear one of our podcasts, we're glad that you've joined us. If you've been following this series, you know who I am. For those of you who are new, I'm DJ Horton, the senior pastor of Church at the Mill and the host of these podcasts, which we're calling More Than Ever, because more than ever, God has been really, really faithful to our church, and we grabbed those three words, more than ever, out of Acts chapter 5, where it was used as a description to uh, capture all the people that were coming to know Christ. And we're using them for a spiritual and financial journey that we're on as a church. We're making a hard run at becoming debt-free, and we are wanting to online and launch some more campuses, and that requires some investment from our people. But we learned a long time ago, people don't give to projects, they give to vision. And so we just thought it would be fun, in addition to our pulpit ministry and curriculum writing and all the print material, to just have some conversations about church at the mill, about church in general, about what God is doing in his church. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're discouraged, can I just tell you, God is on the move. He is moving in some really spectacular ways, not just at church at the mill, but in a lot of places. And I'm grateful for that. It's a good day to serve the Lord more than ever. We have an opportunity to do something significant. And as we've galvanized our vision as a church we, we took what we've always said at Church at the Mill, which is we want to be a place of new beginnings and real relationships, and we believe this happens when people like you and me, if you're a part of Church at the Mill, when we gather, grow, give, and go, those are New Testament concepts and words, action steps in our walk. But we thought at this point and juncture of our church, it's good to pull the curtain back and go a little deeper, and we know that decisions and direction are often driven by values. When you make a decision, when you choose a behavior, it's because you're valuing something over something else. And so we've been really camping on some of our values, and today I'm joined by three of uh probably my closest friends in ministry because of the way we work together, but three dynamic individuals and leaders who are charged with leading out in worship at church at the meal. And I'm really, really excited for you to hear their hearts and get to know them by what they do. They're seen. They're pretty public figures. They're on stage with me at our central campus on a weekly basis, and they also go to our other campuses and lead and serve. They're absolutely out front people. But before I take a moment to allow them to introduce themselves, let me just lay out what we value at Church at the Mill. We value the glory of God in worship. And what that means is authenticity and passion in our worship are always going to guide us. And to be honest with you, um, and certainly not to patronize them because uh, we have a lot of fun cutting up. They were just laughing at me a few moments ago and my technical inabilities with this whole podcast thing. But these are three of the most authentic and passionate people I know about worship. So welcome, guys. Thanks, DJ. Hey, Pastor. Yeah, thanks. Take a minute and introduce yourself. Ladies first. <laughs> well, it's great to be here and talk about more than ever, but Obviously, we're excited to talk about worship. And yeah. My name is Julie McNeely. I am the worship ministry director here at Church of the Mill. Oh, welcome, Julie. How long have you served at our church? 
So um, my husband is also on staff here as a pastor. He's I a happen to know pastor. that. Yep, you happen to know him. Um, so we've been here for almost eight years, um, and then I've been uh, serving in the worship ministry, obviously for the fullness of that time, but um, have been on staff officially for three. That's cool. Yeah. In fact, I tell people your husband's name Jarrett. I hired him to get you. And Jarrett <laughs> said that's pretty much how he's gotten every job in, in his life. Josh, uh, tell us who you are. Hey, everybody. My name is Josh Epton. I am the associate worship pastor here at Church at the Mill. And I am also thankful to be here to get to talk about worship and what mm. that means for the body of Christ and how that joins us together in unity yeah. um, to bring God glory. Yeah, one of the things I thought about you, Josh, in common with you, I've had some other staff members on these various podcasts, and we have a pattern on our staff, which I think is very healthy. I'm thankful for it. A lot of our best guys started out as church attenders, church members, and then transitioned onto the staff. Now, obviously, Julie came as the spouse of a pastor we hired, but we knew she came with a lot of giftedness. But you and your family actually came to our church as members, and then you made the uh, transition to staff. That's right. We came, uh, I had finished an interim at a church in Easley, and uh, for various reasons, we uh, did not have another position ready for us, and I was on staff full-time at North Greenville at the time, at university, and Mm -hmm. so uh, I had always known about this church and always wanted to be a part of it, so we visited, and, and as soon as we visited, we knew this is where God was calling us to be for a time of healing, and and uh, so I came to choir rehearsal that that first night, and uh, Miss Shirley Lord was sitting at the piano, and she saw me, and she looked at me and said, "Come down here," and I came down there and sat at the piano, and I've been sitting there ever since. And That's so exactly it's, right. Uh, yeah. So we need to give Shirley her props. Shirley absolutely. Lord hired you. Yeah. That's what we need to say. <laughs> All right. And there's one more very important one. Jeff, mm-hmm. tell us who you are. Jeff Brockelman. That is my name, and mm-hmm. I am. Uh, so glad to be here today. I'm the worship pastor here at Church yeah. at the Mill. Yeah. And I'm delighted to be able uh, to speak and talk about worship. I'm really delighted you're here. So, Jeff, you know, Charles Billingsley is a pretty well-known name uh, among uh, certainly the church and uh, and Christian artists. Uh, he's a gifted guy. He can sing. And I, I have a relationship with Charles, as many people do. I'm not super close, but I met him. You know, I'm, I have a cell phone relationship. Mm-hmm. I have a cell phone, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, our church, and Julie, you mentioned that eight years ago because Jarrett, your husband, you and you and you and Jarrett, came into our church same time that Jeff and Shelley came into our church, and it was a very significant time of change and growth. And I was building a new team, um, had some incredible folks uh, run a long way with me, and a lot of different transitions, most of which were very positive, and, but just had the opportunity to kind of build a new team for the next season. Mm-hmm. And worship was a huge strength of our church as far as love, uh, but we also needed to take it to the next level of of uh, our ability and our excellence. And nobody, nobody in our church and nobody on our staff, starting with our senior pastor, had ever seen uh, what the next level was. And I called Charles and I said, Charles, I, I know you get this question all the time. I, I need a worship pastor. And I think my favorite story about you is that Charles says, he said, DJ, normally I don't have a guy. He said, and I'll tell you why I don't have a guy. Normally I don't have a guy for two reasons. One, the good ones stay hired. They stay where they are. And also, honestly, there's not that many pastors that I want to send my friends to work for. <laughs> he says, I don't normally give out names, but I happen to have a name. I know a worship pastor whose church has been sold. I said, what? And so, Jeff, you can tell them the story, but you were a part of Prestonwood in yep. Texas, and there was a... Prestonwood campus 
in North Dallas. Uh, in Dallas, yeah. In Dallas, mm-hmm. because Preston would have relocated to Plano, which is yep. north. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That is correct. And the pastor of Prestonwood made a decision to sell the Dallas campus. That is correct. And you walked in and found out. And I wa- <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's it's exactly like, what happened. I'm a worship pastor without a worship service. Uh-huh. What happened? Did the church divide? <laughs> nope, that was sold. They sold it. And yeah. so, you know, you were you were at a time of kind of saying, what, what's next for me? Mm-hmm. And I said, man, you want to come to South Carolina? And uh, I flew you in, coach. And brought you to a cheap Mexican <laughs> restaurant, and then you rode with me to a wild game banquet in oh, Gaffney. In Gaffney, in mm. the Armory, mm-hmm. and I remember looking over there thinking, if this guy comes, <laughs> it will only be of the Lord. It would have to be. And I remember looking at you, thinking, he's thinking, what in the world have I gotten myself into? What did I just do? And how long ago has that been? Has it been eight years? It's been eight, um, not quite eight years. Yeah. Almost eight years. And you know, really, Jeff, as our leader in 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 this ministry, you know, I, I guess I'll I'll kick it to you first. When you think about worship at Cadham, and for those of you who maybe guess, Cadham is an acronym, C A T M, Church at the Mill. When you think about worship at Church at the Mill, what do you you know? Just blank your mind. Think about worship at our church. What do you think about? I think about authenticity. I think about you know being genuine. Mm. I think that's. We have so much of the culture of worship mm. is so much performance-based. Mm. It's all about being good. It's all about being a good musician, a good singer, uh, making mm. people happy with your voice or your instrument. Mm. But the Lord wants more than that. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I loved about you, the, the one thing that I think draw, drew me mm. to this church and to be a part of Church at the Mill was the genuineness and the authenticity with which you come to the Word of God mm-hmm. in preaching, the way that you talk to people, the way that you handle people, the way that you love people. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely something that uh, permeated the culture of the church. Mm-hmm. And it was refreshing to see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, when you when you think about that, all of you came in, Josh, you were a few years after Jeff and Julie, and Julie at that point was a laywoman serving with Jeff and then transitioned. But when you come in a few years later, what, what, what did you observe? Uh, exactly the same thing. You know, it. Um, I had always been in town with this church, so yeah. I, I had always known of, of the special people here, had some great friends uh, that were already here, and I knew... Um, that this was a group of people that loved to worship the Lord together and desired to do it with authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you come to worship, there there's this idea that we're actually bringing a sacrifice of praise mm-hmm. to the Lord. And when the Lord required a sacrifice from His people in the Old Testament, He required the best that they had. Yeah. And, you know, I think... When we come as worship leaders, we absolutely want to be authentic, but I also want to offer the absolute best that I have before Mm -hmm. Him. So that means that I spend time rehearsing, Mm -hmm. honing my craft, making sure that the words that we're singing honor the Lord, that Mm. they're theologically accurate, and that they're pointing to whatever passage that you're going to preach on that particular day. And, And I think one of the things that Jeff was able to do when he came is to join those two things together. Oh, no doubt. The, the idea of authenticity 
with the idea of excellence, not for the sake of excellence, but for the sake of the glory of God. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's one of the things that drew me here and kept me here. Yeah. I've often told people when they ask me like about Jeff, I say, you know, I, it's not a position. I gained a partner. Mm-hmm. In other words, he and I share a stage together, but it's, you know, I don't even like that term stage because when I go watch a performance, the focus is on what the person is doing. And I love to hear people mm-hmm. sing well. You know, I'm a preacher. I love to hear great oration. Mm-hmm. But we're trying to get our people um, through the Word and through worship to see the greatness of God. And, uh, you know, I do think we, we got areas we need to grow. We all do. But one of the things that I have watched God honor is the week-in and week-out effort we make and some of it's very simple. Some of it looks like a system or a process uh, to marry the word mm-hmm. and 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 the worship. Julie, you know, you've been leading worship all your life. You've been a pastor's wife for most of your life, of course, mm-hmm. and you're only what twenty nine now. Pastor's daughter too. Yeah, so. pastor's daughter. You know, and and you're and not. Yes, I'm only twenty. Yeah, you're not twenty. <laughs> for our hearers, that's that's not true. She's not twenty nine. Well, a beautiful lady, but she's not twenty nine. She's actually uh, got the grandbaby now, which is really exciting. Yeah. So uh, so when you think about it, growing up in a pastor's home and then, of course, marrying a pastor and then serving in 600 different ways in, the, in a church, you, you came into our church uh, certainly with a passion to worship. What did Church at the Mill do for that passion? I think one of the greatest things that... Um, that I discovered here was a freedom to worship in the fullness mm-hmm. of surrender. Because um, the two things that they've you know talked about authenticity, well, that comes from knowing that our audience is an audience of one. Mm-hmm. It's got yeah. to be mm-hmm. Christ-focused. It, mm-hmm. What we do is for the Lord, which then leads to what Josh talked about, which is then we are going to approach it with wholehearted excellence in every aspect of what we do. We are going to put those systems and processes and those things sure. in place to to make sure that we are stewarding the privilege of standing in that place in front of that audience of one with authenticity every week. But the other aspect of that is passion, and that comes from um, our fullness of surrender. It's not anything that's manufactured. We are not trying to hype people up to an emotion. Mm -hmm. What we desire as individuals and what we seek to posture our people and our leaders in front of us to every week is to a greater level of surrender. Because when we surrender and let the Holy Spirit be what is at its fullest and flowing through us, then it's, um, I think of the passage from 1 Corinthians mm. 4 that you preached the other day, that we mm. are, the light that comes from us is not about our talent and our giftedness. It is a reflection of the living God in us flowing yeah. through us. Yeah. And so I think that that, you know, just truly being empowered by the Spirit and surrendered, um, surrendering self over and over, getting mm-hmm. out of the way. That's literally the thing that I pray. A lot of people think that it's, you know, easy to step on a stage just because we do it all the time. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's what we do. But there are so many things that the Lord has done to bring me to a place where I am not in my head about that every time I step into mm. that place. And my literal prayer every time I am in front of anyone is, Lord, get me out of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remove me. Let me be mm. so, let my flesh be so removed, myself be so set aside. That would be an instrument. That they see you. Right. Um, and that and it, it has to be an overflow. 
Yeah, it does. And, you know, I think about the, the perspectives. Each of you obviously had given much of your life to worship long before I had the privilege of meeting you, you know. And and I had been preaching, you know, long before I had the privilege of working with you guys. What, what I remember about our history, we recently had a the History of Church at the Mill podcast drop, and people are really enjoying that. Um, it, it would precede this one. If you're listening, it's already been uh, um, uploaded. But um, when I think about our history, part of the history of what was Anderson Mill Road Baptist Church is that it, it was known as a worshiping church. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember Absolutely. when I got here, I mean, they they had a choir, and, and uh, you know, it, it was not your traditional Baptist choir with six or eight nice old men and eight or ten nice older ladies and <laughs> And their three ring binder, and and you know, uh, it, it was it was not that they mm. they worshipped. You know, yeah. now now when I got here, they they had robes, they wore their robes, they entered into the service at the hour, they walked in, you know, and I don't think they'd ever pictured a sermon that didn't follow a choir special, you know. But hey, that's a part of the time and the season. But I noticed they enjoyed what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I grew up in like many of you, I grew up in rural churches where. Uh, you know, I grew up in a Southern gospel world and and had some friends cross the tracks and got exposed to some black gospel as mm-hmm. a child. And so the, the, the truth is I learned a long time ago because of the itinerant preaching ministry most young preachers go through. I was in different churches uh, in the hills and hollers of anywhere I lived. And, you know, I had to quickly get past genre mm-hmm. and style yeah. and just say, okay, I, I can find a way to worship the king here. That's right. But I noticed our church love, they love to sing. They love to worship. And I tell people, I think one of the things that helped me early on, of course, early on now is 20 years ago, they had already made the decision then that they were not going to be married to uh, traditional worship. Mm-hmm. I, I hate those terms because I don't really know what that means. We, you three, love hymns. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I say traditional, what I mean is extraordinarily predictable, you know, three songs, uh, no sound in transition, no testimony, you know, three songs, sermon, you know, and, uh, and a, an invitation song. They were not that at all. So I didn't have to, quote, unquote, lead a worship war, which unfortunately has divided mm-hmm. so many churches. I embraced a church that loved to worship. Fast forward to today, uh, I sat with so many new members during the new member class, and one of the first things they say is, you know, I came in and I enjoyed the worship. I enjoyed it. When you guys go on that platform, and Jeff, in your seat, uh, leading out, if you if you think about the goal, what, what's the goal when you step on that platform? What are you trying to do? We want to take people on a journey, mm. you know, to see the King of Kings, to, to recognize His glory. We want the text that we're, that's coming out of our mouth, the lyrics that's coming out of our mouth, to mm. honor Jesus, to show Him for who He is. Yeah. So the, the goal is that they would see Christ yeah. and come to Him, yeah. have that relationship with Him. Mm. And that's a very powerful um, tool. You, so many people are so, uh, so many churches have been so... Um, all about style. Mm-hmm. It's got to be this style. What style, yeah. Or it's got to be this style. And we just, we have shaken that off and said, we're not about a style. We're yeah. about Jesus, period. When you and I first started talking eight years ago, you know, and not that I could remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I do remember some of the conversations because I think there were some other larger 
opportunities, opportunities closer to your home state of Texas, of course, which is the greatest state in the union, according to every Texan Amen. I've ever met. Amen. Uh, Texans are proud of their state. But, uh, but you know, I remember you saying that early on, and I think you had to articulate it for me to realize it, because I don't know that I could have articulated it in my inexperience mm-hmm. from the pastor position. I don't, I don't have any musical ability or any experience leading worship, but um, you know, you said, DJ, what drew me was you didn't tell me you wanted a particular sound. You weren't chasing another church's identity. Yes. Um, you wanted to be you. And after you said that, I thought, you know what, that's good. I, I, I need to remember that. And then, of course, when you came in and then Josh and Julie joined you and there are other members, Candace is an incredible worship leader mm-hmm. and part of our team mm-hmm. and so many others, and Will, and, and there's, just, there's just a lot of people in our pipeline that I'm so proud of. But, you know, I think you took that and you took it to the next level where you just said unapologetically, Church at the Mill is, is going to glean from anybody worshiping well, but we're not going to marry ourselves to a sound other than the sound of, to Rob, Josh, and Julie's word, authentic, passionate, Worship. Now, Josh, you you're a pretty technically trained musician, an incredible accompanist. You know, you're you're gifted musically, and you know have earned every degree you can earn in in worship. Uh, um, when you think about that from a technical aspect, what what does that mean to you that we're not chasing a sound? It's it's incredibly important because um, music itself, if if you take the lyrics out of worship music. Mm-hmm. There's no difference in secular music and sacred music. Right. So without the lyrics, uh, it, it's just it's just right. music. So it, it it takes me back to when Jesus was asked about worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the woman at the well yeah. asked him about it, he said, "I'm looking for people who worship in spirit and in truth." And that well was in between Samaria and Judea. That's right. And and. The Samaritans had the spirit thing down. They, they, you know, were all about it, tambourines, dancing, mm-hmm. you know, hoot and holler and all the things. And the people in Judea had the truth thing down, mm. and there wasn't a mix of both of those. Mm. And so what we want from the music in particular is for the lyrics to come alongside of that mm-hmm. and to be, to bring a balance of spirit and truth. Yeah. We want to worship God with the part of us that is spiritual. We want to connect with Him on a spiritual level. But the only way that happens effectively is if it is grounded in His truth, mm. the truth of the Word of God. Because essentially what we're doing when we're singing uh, before you come to preach is we're preaching. You absolutely It just are. happens to be mm-hmm. set to music. Right. It's all the ministry of the Word. Absolutely. Like this coming That's Sunday, right. of course, we're recording this, obviously, for those of you listening, we're recording it days before you'll hear it, but upcoming, I've been working on a sermon about preaching and worship at Church of the Mill, why, why Sundays matter. Mm-hmm. We move the needle Monday through Saturday. Somebody at Church of the Mill, members mostly, but members and staff, is ministering to somebody every day. Mm-hmm. And we love it that, that we have missionaries all over the world. I don't, I don't want the sun to ever go down on somebody who's serving and, and, and somehow connected to church at the mill. But there's no doubt about it. Sundays matter most. Mm-hmm. We move the needle most on Sundays. And while I'm grateful for the things we get to do sometimes on Sunday, 
like professing our faith in baptism mm-hmm. or the Lord's Supper uh, or special offerings like what's coming up on in this fall. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, right. the Word will be sung and the Word will be preached. Mm-hmm. And one of the things y'all say, and Julie, I'd like you to speak to this, is that you you want to be, you want to have the mindset uh, of a tour guide, not a travel agent. I love that. Explain yeah. to our hearers the difference between being a tour guide in worship and a travel agent. Right. Well, you know, um, a travel agent is someone who sits behind a desk and will book you the best vacation, the best, you know, destination. Best deals. Best deals, give you all those things. They know all about it, right? They know all about those places. Yeah. The difference is, is a tour guide is someone who knows the place. They have Mm -hmm. experienced the place. Mm -hmm. They are with you. They -hmm. have gone there before, Mm -hmm. and they are excited to take you and show you Mm -hmm. the things that are going to just absolutely change your life. And it's going to be something you're going to talk about because Mm -hmm. you have experienced that place. We've all Mm -hmm. been there, right? right? We've all experienced those things. And for us... You know, we can, we might all, we can say, well, I know about Jesus. I might know a lot of things, mm-hmm. but our worship cannot come from a place of piled up knowledge. Mm-hmm. It needs to come from the relationship that we have in experiencing the one true God, yeah. experiencing that relationship with Jesus. And so when we are standing, um, you know, before people with an audience of one, and we we encourage our volunteers in this way as well. We want them to be taking these place people to a place they've already been with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That they have um, maybe it is a specific set that they have spent time in the truth that is found in the lyrics. They've yep. spent time with that. That they have let the Holy Spirit do work in them mm. about those truths. They let the Holy Spirit massage those things into their own life. They've yep. marinated in it through the week, and then. They are in front of these people to say, come with me. I cannot wait to show you yeah. who God is in relation to this specific topic that that this morning, this truth that this morning has been constructed around. I love that. And Jeff, having been a worship pastor for most of your adult life, how do you take, obviously, what Julie has, has, has dropped on us here and prepare lay people to lead lay people. Because one of the things that we do here at Church of the Mill is we don't, you know, we're not hiring bands and putting in our campuses. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who's leading in Nashville. And the good thing about Nashville is if you want a musician, just turn over a rock. They're, they're everywhere. <laughs> and they're not only everywhere, they're really good. And they need to eat. And many of them didn't quite make what they thought they were going to make when they came to Nashville. And so one of the struggles of churches in Nashville is it's, it's really easy to hire really, really good lead guitarists, a bass, a rhythm section, vocalists. And, and many of those people may or may not, you know, may be professing Christians. But one of the beauties of the church is that out of the church, God raises up people who have the gifts to lead, whether they lead children in Sunday school, whether God calls young men to the pulpit, whether they lead out in making business and financial decisions, or they're blessed vocally and instrumentally to 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 lead the church mm-hmm. into musical worship. So you guys take it personally to prepare lay people, not professionals, mm-hmm. lay people to be tour guides versus travel agents. Talk about that. 
But you know, one of the one of the great blessings I think of the body of Christ is that when we uh, get these people that come to church at the mill, mm. God has already given them talents and gifts. Yeah, and we didn't do that. He did it. That comes from Him. Doesn't mean that everybody is on the same level, and that's okay. Yeah, He doesn't call us to all be the same. Different measures of grace. But what we do as His shepherds is that we we help grow them in their mm-hmm. abilities and their talents. You know, obviously we have rehearsals. We do things that help people. But even more than that is discipleship. Even more than that is spiritual context. Even more than that is praying with each Loving other. Them. And yes, absolutely. Now all those things make such a big difference. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, most people just want to be known. Yeah. You know, I mean, that sounds so simple. Yeah. But we don't want to know them because of their gifts. Mm. We we want to know them because they're created by God yeah. and He brought them here, yeah. and that is a big stark difference, I think, to yeah. what the way that we uh, try to come at ministry as opposed to paying you know folks to do those things. We're we're encouraging the body to use the gifts they've well, been given. I don't think I mean you know for our hearers. I, I mean this when I say it because I don't want this to sound like a running ad for Church at the Mill. We are by no means perfect, and Mm -mm. every one of us has a legal pad on our desk of problems we need to solve. But I see that every week at midweek when those choir members who come in for rehearsal, like it's like coming to church. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're hugging and talking and praying. Some You'll see two huddled over in the Mm -hmm. corner weeping and praying together. They're ministering together, and, and, and that really fills their tank for Sunday. And speaking of that, you know, large churches like ours are probably, it is not the norm to to walk in and Mm -hmm. see a large choir. But one of the things I've always said about a choir that means so much to me is not only the power of their voices, which is very important, but, but, you know, when you have, you know, dozens and dozens of people standing up on stage, sometimes hundreds, Everybody in that worship service can look up there and find themselves. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so the choir becomes a mirror of participation. And so, and so that's to what your point, which is so uh, so important for people to recognize. When you walk into a church, you immediately go, "Is there room for me here? Am, am I going to be known?" You know. And, and I don't mean that from a sinful, selfish way. I just mean naturally. Am I? And you know, when you have three or four people on the stage, there is a chance they may relate to one of those people. But when you have 150 people on the stage, all of a sudden you go, you know what, look, oh, yeah, there, there's a young mother. Oh, I'm a young mother. Oh, well, there's someone whose skin color looks like my skin color. There's someone who, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm middle-aged. He's middle-aged. Right. And all of a sudden the choir becomes almost a mirror of worship. In, in thinking about that, you know, uh, Josh, I'll, I'll kick this one to you. Um, when you think about the future of worship in the church, could you talk a little bit about that and what we're trying to do with campuses by by decentralizing our talent, decentralizing the gifts that we have, and putting worship services of substance in other local communities? Yeah, I... One of the blessings, additional blessings of my life is I get to spend time on a college campus yeah. teaching them about worship. And, you know, uh, 
one of the great things about this younger generation of believers is they too are not married to style. Mm. They care about authenticity. Yeah. They're beyond it, aren't they? They are. They don't care what you sing as long as it's grounded in the the truth of God. And Mm. and they are still learning what that is. So they need some guidance in that direction. But as long as it's grounded in the truth of God and it's done well and done, but even more than being done well, it's done with, again, authenticity. Yeah. They're all in. So then that gives us an opportunity to to bring some of these these young people in to 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 teach them everything that we've been talking about here, the difference between being a tour guide and a travel agent. Mm. And another way to say that, the difference between being a worship leader and a lead worshiper, mm-hmm. which is what we want, which is why, again, the choir is effective. That's right. Because they're not worship leaders, they're lead worshipers. They're yeah. showing the way. That's right. So then we get to bring them in, immerse them in that culture. And then as God calls us to other areas in, in our county, in neighboring counties, we get to um, send some of those people to go and they have the ideas, they have the understanding of what it is that we're trying to co- accomplish in bringing glory to God and bringing people along with us and bringing glory to God. Mm. And then they get to go to these other places and reproduce that mm-hmm. yeah. and and make that happen again. And it, it's, it's discipleship. It just yeah. happens to be discipleship in what it means to be a worship leader or a lead worshiper. Which is a huge part it's of a, discipleship. Absolutely. If you don't create a worshiper, I'm not sure you've made a disciple. Mm. Yeah, I am sure you haven't made 100%. a disciple mm-hmm. if That's you don't right. create a worshiper. And that, you know, I, I, can, I can just say watching you guys, because I have three relationships with you. I'm, I'm your brother in Christ, and 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 and, uh, and, and that also leads to deep friendship. I'm, I'm your pastor, mm-hmm. and that's an honor. And also, I'm the leader of this church. So, so you know, in the secular term, I'm, I'm the boss, although I'm not a dictator. Um, uh, but I've watched this campus model stretch all of you mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's just easier to identify 2025 solid people and roll them through one stage on a five, you know, five, sing this five this month, this five this month. Then it is to say, hey, we're going to go down to Woodruff and we need to send some talent. Now, we're going over to Lake Cooley or we're praying about this area, but it's really forcing because it's stretching me too. I mean, I'm losing great guys to go be campus pastors and looking for people. So as you think about the the stretching part of it, none of us are babies anymore. You know, everybody, I think we're all about 35 years old. That's kind of where I'm sticking. I know Jeff's at 30, 30, 31, but, but the truth is, is that I would say there's a lot of ministry behind us. Mm-hmm. How stimulating it is for you, Julie, to think about not just being a worship leader at Church at the Mill and directing the worship ministry in your, in your role, but producing the next generation of young men and young women to lead not concerts, mm-hmm. not, not weekend retreats, thankful for them, we love them, but the church. It's so exciting to even think to have that opportunity to directly have a group of people who who are craving to, first of all, understand even more greatly who God is, because yeah. that's what worship is, right? It's a response to His greatness, to, his greatness, to, yeah, right. to the fact that, I mean, the cool aspect is that God initiates worship because mm-hmm. we can't wor- know His worthiness 
if he didn't choose to reveal himself to us. That's right. And I can't generate, he, he's so glorious. I can't give him more glory, but I can give him the glory for his glory. Right. And so to get the opportunity, to have the opportunity to, to be in front of people, and really that's at the core of what we're doing. Yeah. We're just reminding them of how worthy he is, of, of all of his goodness, his character, his attributes, and instilling that into them. Mm. And then when we faithfully do yeah. that, then the response will be worship. And then we get to say, hey, here are ways that you can do that in the context of the gifts that you've been given. And that is a legacy being planted into generations to come. Because it is a seed that, you know, sometimes we don't get to see the fruit of those things that we we plant. But we, you know, I, I know I speak for all of us, I think when I say this, we want to take every opportunity to, to plant that within them and mm. water it as much as we can. And if we get to be the one to see the fruit of that as they blossom on another campus, or maybe they the Lord calls them into another place. Sure. But we take very seriously um, that we've been given that task for such a time as this. Yeah. And uh, now more than ever, right? Yeah, um, more than right. ever, we have that the Lord is bringing people, and whether they are, you know, in the choir context or whether they are a band member, mm-hmm. we're serving on a student worship team or serving at a campus or here at Central. Um, it is, it, it is something that is such a an awesome privilege that we want to steward well. Yeah. Because it truly can shift the the next generation of worship, the very people that Josh is talking about, you That's know. Right. And so we don't take that lightly. And mm. um, you know, we're also always wanting to make sure that we are in step with the Holy Spirit in doing that. Yeah. You know, um, we have to. I love you know one of our core characteristics is uh, prayer trumps plans, right? Yeah. That's right. You know, always being willing to be prayerful about the things that we're doing, the way that we're approaching it, the. Yeah the style that we are doing things at the moment. And when the Lord asks us to shift those things, all of those things are, you know, think about the people that taught us hymns, right? Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) You know, that even how the Lord brings, has brought, established legacy in us that we now get to pass on to other people. Yeah. Um, You know, I just see the beauty in that. It's just a beautiful thing. DJ, I would also say one of the great blessings of our church is that Sunday after Sunday, we get a whole group of people that come and they sit as congregants in this place called the body of Christ. And they're, right. they're waiting to give God glory. Yeah. And every week they sing with their all. Mm. That's not normal yeah. in a lot of churches around the nation. Well, I can tell you that my buddies that preach for me, you know, when we have guest mm-hmm. preachers in, most of the time I have a friendship with them. You know, there's always the obligatory, hey, I enjoyed your church. And I think they're going to say that to anybody. Mm-hmm. But then they look at me and they're like, bro, what you have here is not, I'm not seeing this. Mm-hmm. And we would say it's not because we've, we've done anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Lord working in people's lives. I think that's the great thing about worship. Worship is, to me, it's one of the places I can tell real quick the heart of a church. Mm-hmm. You can have That's your right. I's dotted and your T's crossed mm-hmm. doctrinally. <laughs> you can be well organized, as the old preacher said, mm-hmm. and under agonized. But if I walk into a church, and I'm talking about a, a Mill Hill church with 30 people or a mega church with 3,000, mm-hmm. and, and the worship starts and there is passion and there is authenticity, and passion looks different. Some people are not yeah. super emotional, right. but they're giving it everything they got. I know that church has been a uh, they've been with the Lord. They've made much of Him, mm-hmm. and they have a high view of His Word. Yeah. 
What excites you the most, Jeff? I'll kind of let you wrap this time up. When you think about the future of Church at the Mill and our worship ministry, what what causes you excitement? You know, I think that the thing that makes me more excited than anything is seeing that um, passing this on to a new generation mm. and then another generation yeah. and then another generation. We're going to see that because, you know, parents are willing to stand up in front of their kids in the worship center and just give God glory and sing, mm-hmm. even though they're not singers per se. Yeah, We're seeing that because, you know, Josh and Julie are training a new generation of musicians or singers or vocalists yeah. in, you know, how to express themselves, communicate well. Yeah, I mean, that's important. How we teach a, a large group of choir members who, you know, some sing really well, some, some don't. Yeah. But, but they're all inspired and passionate about Jesus and how that transcends, you know, their ability and gives God glory. That is something we pass on to another generation. Yeah. We're, not just, um, we're not just starting new locations and putting you on a video no. at another location. We're, we're I've got saying, a face for podcasts. We've established that. <laughs> yeah. But we're, 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 you're training another pastor yes, to take preach. that position and be able to preach. That is so much more than just um, yeah. just duplication. Yeah. This is be faithful and be forgotten. This is kingdom work. Yeah. Kingdom work. And you know, I think about that worship is one of those things that absolutely is influenced by the culture. Sure. You know, that I mean we you know, we have sounds that we enjoy mm-hmm. uh, that 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 our great grandfather and great grandmother may not have ever been exposed to. And I think two generations from now, I, I don't know what it'll be. Most of the time it has a cyclical nature. It comes back around. Mm-hmm. You know, what comes back around. Therein lies the idea that the two things we can't control is the content of what we sing mm-hmm. and the character from which we sing it from. That's right. Like if we are walking with the Lord, I'm only as good on Sunday as I have been with Him Monday through Saturday. Amen. Uh, mm-hmm. It can be manufactured, but but it won't last long, and there won't be any eternal Mm -hmm. reward. You know, one of the things that I never have to worry about, uh, and I say this to honor you for joining me, I never have to worry about our people being ready to receive the Word. Now, i got plenty to worry about being ready to give it to them. That's my job, you know. But I always know that the table's going to be set because the cool thing I think about you guys, and, and, and you are an extension of so many other people, is that you love the word as much mm-hmm. as you love the worship. Yes. Mm-hmm. You love the Absolutely. word. And I I hope I communicate that. I, I enjoy the worship and enjoy being a part of that as much as I do the preaching. And I think that relationship's very important. If you're listening to this podcast and you're part of another church, your worship team and worship leader and your preaching pastor, they need to be spending time together weekly and thinking and rooting and praying for one another because, you know, it's all worship. Mm-hmm. It's all worship. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the things I say a lot in the service when I began is, let's not stop our worship. We're just mm-hmm. going to transition from allowing the Lord to hear from us to having us hear from, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord. So I appreciate I appreciate what, what you guys do, and I appreciate your time with me today. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Well, we're glad to do it. Hey, listen, if you've enjoyed this podcast more than ever, another discussion of worship, do me a favor. 
Uh, make sure you go back and listen to the ones you haven't and subscribe to our podcast. Also, like it, share it. And if you have somebody in your life that's passionate about worship, maybe they're in worship leadership at a sister church, share it with them. Maybe it'll be an encouragement mm-hmm. to us. But more than ever, what we want you to know is that Church at the Mill, we value the glory of God in worship. And because of that, we're going to put a priority on authenticity and passion. We know we're the weak link in worship. It's not the Lord. He is absolutely worthy of every ounce of excellence we can give Him. And we want to continue to grow in that. And if you're a part of Church at the Mill, we want you to come and to grow with us as worshipers. Hope you've enjoyed the content. Have a great rest of your day.